Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? <laughs> and Jordan get most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing hands is my kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals, creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. All right, guys. Well, we're back for another fun-filled episode and, and a good one here because um, this was inspired by someone I uh, got to meet in a really cool AIGA um, meetup last week. And uh, before we got into it a little bit more, I kind of stopped him in his tracks and I said, let's bookmark this and get it on the on the podcast because it was such a really inspiring, cool little um, story and something to really kind of uh, use for inspiration for anybody out there. Um, our guest today is David Walker. David, what's up, man? Welcome. Yo, thank you, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'm man, glad to be here. I know this is going to be a blast, and I, I kind of gave uh, Mikkel and Jordan a, a little bit of a side note on what we were chatting about and everything. But before we get into it, um, if you want to just give our listeners a little introduction of who you are, the designer, a teacher. Throw it all out there, man. All right. So I'm a graphic designer and an educator. I teach at Austin P. State University. I've been teaching now going on nine years, which is amazing. Jeez, <laughs> and man. I, I, yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a blast. I've done a lot. I've met amazing students and seen their careers blossom and had great colleagues. Um, but I've got three kids, uh, two teenagers and a, a baby. So oh, life, yeah. life in the pandemic has been a complete adventure of a lot of sorts. I've also got a French bulldog in the mix. So yeah, my house is like very busy. Yeah, <laughs> and a des- and a design you know business on the side. Yeah, and that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, load up. I. I, know. I love Crazy. it, man. The the multi purpose, multi like faceted designer seems to be like the thing we all gotta like strive for nowadays, right? Yeah. My it's, mom always said uh when things get when things get crazy, you need to get busy. Ooh. And so in order to not lose yourself, that's right. You you stay busy so that you can keep pouring into whatever you're working towards or working on. Yeah. yeah. I love that because that that kind of puts into a, a little nutshell what we're kind of talking today is this idea of like everything we as creatives, as business owners, as even you know educators as well went through over this this last year and what we could kind of learn from. And I think as well we've turned a corner to say like let's talk about the positives and the things that you know we can continue to do and not to lose sight on it and. Um, the best thing that when Dave and I were talking, Dave kind of shared a little bit about what he had done last year. And I thought it was this really incredible kind of goal-oriented thing to to self-improve or self-betterment. Would that be the right way to kind of talk about what what's led this kind of conversation? Yes, that definitely is, is spot on. <laughs> yeah. So w- tell us a little bit about what happened and because you 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 named it like the day we all like march 20th 2020 like that day we all were like the world stopped like what frame of mind did were you in and and what sparked this kind of cool idea we're going to talk about all right so to rewind to this time last year a little bit before this time last year my kids and i were on a study abroad trip i accompanied a professor uh, of mine in her study abroad class uh, to london now, Wednesday, I want to say Wednesday, March 12th, 
we got a call. I don't. I think that date is off. It may be like March 10th or 11th. <laughs> uh, but we got a call at 2 a.m. London time, oh, like 6 or 7 a.m. Uh, Nashville time, saying that the borders the border was going to be closed. Yeah. Now we were we were set to arrive and fly back on uh, March 15th, and so we got back March 15th at 8:30 p.m. So we barely made it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So 11:59 was the cutoff period. So I'm thinking one, the anxiety of getting back home because we knew we were hoping flights weren't going to be canceled, and that our flight would make, and that they wouldn't bump our group. It was a direct flight from uh, Heathrow to Nashville Airport. So we made it back and we get back. And on that Monday, everything shut down. So Monday, March 16th, it's like, oh, man, like I'm at home with my teenagers. We were just out free, wandering London, like touring all the stuff and the postcards and the things we see on the TV shows. We're like, we just we just saw that. And now we can't go to work or school. What a change. So that juxtaposition was like start. So the school had given us a week to prepare because uh, we were right. We get back Sunday. We were supposed to start <laughs> back to day. work Monday. <laughs> hey, change every change everything in one week. No problem. <laughs> and they're like, all right, so we're going to extend spring break one week and you're going to go. You're going to transition to online learning. I'm like, OK, so we've got another spring break which is weird, but it's not really a break. Like, I'm, how am I preparing my students? Because I'm not talking to them. Fortunately, um, my colleagues and I had set up Slack, and we, had, we always, like, communicate projects through Slack and deliver projects through Slack, and the students communicate with each other through Slack. So immediately you wonder, man, how is this going to change my life? Like, of course, for everybody on on this podcast, you're like, man, I, I need toilet tissue, I need Clorox wipes, and everything <laughs> else. Right? I can't go to the grocery store. Instacart has become my best friend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And yeah. and so, uh, yeah, that transition. I'm like, man, I've got a week to figure all this out. And so, in the midst of that, my drive and my commute from home to school is a, is 55 minutes one way Dang. so in that week i'm like oh well so i don't have to go to work so that's a, a gained almost two hours and so that next week after i started classes i'm like man like i talked to i talked to my students a couple times a week only for an hour or hour and a half because i'm not going to subject them to a three-hour studio class on zoom <laughs> like it's just untenable like what are you yeah what are you yeah. going to do? <laughs> and, and I decided in the, that next week that I was going to take an introspective look at all of the things I was insecure about. Well, not all of them, but a good number of them when it came to myself, my creativity and what that might do to my livelihood. Like mm. a grand experiment. Yeah. And so, of course, like the upside is that you've got tons of opportunity. The downside of being in the house with four other people and a pet is that you don't have any time alone. Hmm. So I had to figure out a way <laughs> to give myself those two hours of alone time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, Step right. number one. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. So. I mean, the, of course, like the topic of this, this talk is like extra time uh, equals extra opportunities. And so with that, I decided to write out a list of things that I thought were really uncomfortable for me. Good. Like um, one of them that I noticed is that I had not updated my website since 2011. Yeah. And so I had old work on there as a professor, and Nick might uh, be able to speak to this, too. You kind of manage how much work you want to take on. And I had a fear that if I put work out there, it would attract work. Mm -hmm. And so if I didn't update my website, that I would basically say I'm closed for business in a way. Um, Or I'm I'm selective about the project. (laughs) Yeah. 
And that's a weird way to think about it. Um, I definitely should have been updating my website the whole time. But nonetheless, I was not updating my website. When I was talking to my uh, design friends and my students about my work, I was only describing the work that I was doing and was not proving that I was a designer. (laughs) (laughs) I got a great project. Well, let's see. It's like, hmm. I'll think about the next project. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, word talk, you can it's talk the great. talk with the best of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can describe how the how the client experience is. I can describe the artifacts that I'm having yeah. to produce for yeah. them. I can describe <laughs> how I'm delivering it and managing the physical, you know, asset production of everything. Um, but not showing my work. So yeah. that was like number one, right? So <laughs> Figuring out how to show my work in a way that was low stakes for me, that mm-hmm. proved that I was a designer, and gave me an opportunity to not worry about the criticism. Good. Like, yeah. If 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 it's not designed to a certain level, it's like, oh, I thought he would have been working on a bigger project, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, I mean, there's always that thought that I feel like us designers have. Always. Yeah, that doesn't go away. And like, I'm curious because I'm kind of in that place too where like I just, it takes a lot of work to update your website all the time, right? To continuously. And I try to not just have like photos and then it's done. Like, you know, you want to describe like some reasoning behind this stuff, like a little case study, but that should take time. And then the other half of it is like, I don't want to, you know, if I'm a professional designer, like, oh, you can check on my Instagram for my most. Like, that sucks when you have to give that answer. Mm -hmm. Like, check on my social media. It's the most up to date thing I have. (laughs) It's easier just not to say anything or like describe it. Like, I'm doing this work. I don't know. You you can't see it, but it's it's there. (laughs) So, what I decided to do was, to your point, start posting it on instagram like yeah. it's low low stakes i had yes. limited so followers yeah so easy it's fast mm-hmm. and i began i think it was like april um posting based on whatever prompt i saw in the news so a lot yeah. of it was political or or social things or conversations i was having with my friends and my students and colleagues and i would just make make a post and post it yeah and so that was one like start posting work yeah. Uh, number two was to take time to learn a new skill set in design that I'd always been interested in, but never took the time to explore or learn. Yeah, I Good. love that. And, and so I dove in head first and decided to combine those things. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and so I was learning things and then posting them online. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I decided to tackle hand lettering. And so it's been a phenomenal journey. Uh, so number number three, or yeah, I think number three mm-hmm. was um, daily personal fitness. So making sure that I was giving myself some time outside or giving myself some, some activity yeah. to burn calories, give myself some time to think, and really reclaim that time alone. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I started a uh, 30-day running challenge, I think August, April 1st. And April 31st, actually, it's 31 days in April, right? I believe so. Yeah. All right. So May 1st, my feet found my shoes and they went running on the 32nd (laughs) day. (laughs) I love it. My feet and my shoes went running on the 32nd day. And as of today, I've run 399 days straight. At least a month. Hell yeah. That's incredible, dude. Like you stuck so, to these things, and I think that's something we'll we'll definitely crack into. But that's fantastic. Yeah, so it's been weird. I've got a couple friends that have done it with me, so it's not like I'm just doing yep. it alone. And they're right there on day three ninety nine with me. So we'll nice. be celebrating uh, four hundred tomorrow <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So then number four was saying yes to opportunities. Yeah. So if somebody reaches out, they want to have a conversation. Yes. If there's new work. Yes. If there is a podcast. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) New work. Yes. Like I'm trying and I've opened the floodgates in that way. Right. Like my website was still saying no. (laughs) Yeah. But but I'm saying yes. Good. And then number five, um, entering competitions and putting my work out there to be judged. 
And mm-hmm. I love I love the way really you said this. You 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 said it by saying like it was a reality <laughs> check. Now, like we, we we all have this thing that entering competitions most of us feel like okay, no, for credibility, I get it, whatever. But your take was so different. Tell us about what what made you decide to do that. Well, I felt like each time I would do work and I had people um folks or clients. I had clients whose work was being entered into competitions, but I wasn't entering it. Gotcha. They were proud enough to enter the work, and it was winning oh, awards. Yeah. And I was taking credit, like, "Hey, like, <laughs> this, it's going right into my dossier That's for, right. for my tenure." Especially, my if it, especially won. if it won. <laughs> yeah, my work won this award. I didn't enter it. My client entered it, but yeah. you know, I yeah. did the work, and it won. Um, and so now I'm like, all right, like if if they can do it. And now I'm doing this low stakes, putting my work online to be judged. Why not like up the ante, put my own skin in the game? Good. And if the client doesn't enter it, I can enter it and be told yes or no for validation that I'm on the right track or Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking in the right way or that I'm, um, you know, just to feel fresh and and all the confidence that either being all the confidence of either being awarded or the uh the reset of being rejected yeah. you know will will give you I, I think also too you find some ways if you spend a lot of time critiquing work particularly as an educator like it, it's almost like you want to put your put your work out there in the same way like do I, am i practicing what i'm preaching here a little bit right because it's like how often do we not we put our work out there but not to technically be judged and to be told yes no win or whatever but like I, I love that perspective of it because I've always battled with that too, thinking about it as entering as a, you know, on your own, but you get, you right. gave me a, a different perspective in thinking about it, which I thought was really kind of cool. Well, it's, it's, it's great to think once we get into the profession, whether we're educators or professional designers, we don't really get critiqued by designers anymore. It's only the stakeholders. Yeah. The folks at the, the, the end consumers or, the client as the gate holder before um, before it gets launched to market, which is all still oftentimes bullshit because they yeah. don't have the background to substantiate their opinions. Yeah, while acknowledging altogether that oftentimes review sessions are subjective. I mean, right. that's what makes design so amazing. Yeah, but oh, I can't. I just got out of one of those presentations myself. It's like head of sales raising his hand going, yeah, I don't think so. And I'm like, (laughs) boom. (laughs) Have to bite your tongue so much sometimes. Um, But it's such, I'm so glad that um, you brought, I mean, you two have this in common, right? Jordan and I are not, are not educators in, in, in a realm where we have students, right? On a regular basis. So, um, what you're bringing to the table is seems so applicable to that role. What I can relate to a little bit is just having this show. I have yeah, to practice exactly. what I preach on this show all yeah, the same. Right. But how often do people come to you for advice just in life? You know, if, if you're not a professor, then w- those instances are very few. I mean, at least for me, maybe this is a little sad. Um, they're far in between. So it's far more applicable for me and us as a group on on this show and it keeps right. you in check holy exactly. cow doesn't it yeah. ever like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna say whatever oh you gotta I, you gotta be even more careful because you know uh-huh. you could be challenged so easily yeah <laughs> i mean right? immediately, immediately. <laughs> yeah let's see, let's be honest right face to face or right. dm to dm right <laughs> Keyboard warrior. Keyboard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go back to the beginning thing. And I love how you combine kind of the first two, which was the idea of like not only putting your work out there more, but finding a new thing and getting – taking that time to say, I want to learn a new thing. What, what would you say to someone who wants to do – dude, I'm the same. When I, said, when I saw that yours was hand lettering, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. There, now I got to – now I totally have no excuse, right? Like that's what I want to do more than anything and take the time. How did you – what was the, how did you make the time? How did you say turn the thought into action? What was it? Uh, well, this time I had two yeah. hours of mm-hmm. my life back, right? So 
running a mile a day, I can I can do a mile. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was <laughs> well, like, back at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, like before, my legs were like, "I'm I'm gonna quit at any point." <laughs> mm-hmm. I was doing a mile under eight minutes, and at one point over that span, I was under seven. But if I can give myself eight minutes, I could definitely give myself forty-five or thirty, right? And so, in that time span, I'm, I'm like thinking about things during the run, and then once I started lettering. I'm thinking about things during during the lettering. Like it, it became cathartic, right? Cool. So as a daily practice, I'm thinking, all right, let me take myself out of my current circumstance, even though I'm in it, that I can just teleport out into the work, but it's not for a client. <laughs> so it's really about figuring out how to have fun again within within bounds of your your creative practice, right? So I really wasn't doing any commercial work with this lettering stuff. And I found some people to um, to be accountability partners. Like at the very start of it, I, I asked Mary Kate McDevitt uh, and Simone Wilder, who have great followings on Instagram, mm-hmm. if they would do this uh, 15 day what I miss in what I miss um, design lettering challenge or I miss lettering challenge. Uh-huh. And so they said yes. And for 15 days straight. I lettered alongside and they posted and I posted and the hashtag went out and there were a lot of other people that joined in on it because of Mary Kate and, <laughs> and Simone because I, I had a paltry 325 followers at the time. <laughs> and they were all mostly my, my friends, friends yeah. and family, right? Like high school buddies, college buddies, like people I went to the gym with. And so with that accountability, the same with the running, I can check in and see how folks are doing. I can look at other people's work. I can research. I mean, there's like this continuum of a rabbit hole to keep finding more and yeah. more and mm-hmm. more and more. And so with that, you know, it, it it's after 15, day 16, I was like, man, like, I don't necessarily want to stop. Like, this is a lot of fun. It's like I got the adult coloring book out and got my Crayolas and just took some time and didn't have anything else to think about. So um, but it made it made a major difference in my creative practice and it made a difference in my teaching practice and in the conversation and the discourse I was having with other designers like yourself and and other people Mm -hmm. now because it's out there online and people are seeing it and it's a tangible thing for them to say oh wow you got some great design work or your work was crappy on this date that you posted like that's not (laughs) i don't it could be better right or it's amazing um so it absolutely changed my conversation with the outside world which then changed my conversation internally on what i felt like was possible yeah yeah so before then, yeah, like do the work, shelve it, <laughs> right? Do the work, shelve it. It mm-hmm. doesn't come out. Nobody sees it outside of who it was meant to be seen by. And if somebody asks me, what, well, what are you working on now? And I tell them and that's, they, you know, say, oh, that's a cool project. That's as far as that conversation goes. <laughs> yeah. When it's, you look back also like you building, you build this catalog, right? Like, and, and I'm just kind of just scamming through everything right now over and over. Cause like, it's cool to see these first 15 days on your Instagram, like where you were to like where you are now, which that's not that long of a time. I know. Like, honestly, we're talking, you know, what, less than a year or something. Like, yeah. so the amount of progress, like the, inspiring alone is just being able to see like your progression through this limited time. And, and, and even to like how you, compose things and how you're exploring different types of lettering like it, it's really cool to see that catalog to have that live in a place where everyone can enjoy it and get inspired by it and really like motivate you know like it's 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 really motivational to see that thank you yeah oh i that that was the first thing i saw too was the idea it's that it, and it's not it feels your own it feels like you own that and i'm i'm a, why i'm probably reluctant to do a lot of stuff is I feel like I look at other hand letters and see a lot of the same. And I think what I loved about yours was you brought a, your own sense into it 
and it never got cloudy with that. You know what I mean? It, you kept it alongside with that. And if if you're listening right now and you want to see what we're talking about, it's David John Walker. It's J-O-N. So David John Walker on Instagram. That's your handle, I believe, right? So let, yep. let's yep. let's pump you up a few a few uh, a few followers while we're here. <laughs> All right. <thank> you. <laughs> But I love that idea that you and you're 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 kind of mixing both the hand lettering, some fonts, some really cool cool stuff there. And I I wonder what did it what did this year of a whole other exercise mentally do for your creative now in even other forms? How has it made your creative process better? Wow, I mean, I've I've begun to integrate hand lettering into some of my professional work. Yeah. And so I've Hold got it. some pieces now going out for this um, this small theater or a community theater in Memphis uh, called Hattie Lou Theater. And they do um, they're like a black playhouse. And so it's it's in a a, a well, great centrally located place and it's mm-hmm. highly visible. And so I'm like, man, like this is wow. a new avenue. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> And just being able to kind of push it. But yeah, like if you guys scroll down around the time that George Floyd got killed, I posted a piece talking about like um, my mother crying about my about me turning different ages and then me having having sons and a nephew and fine acts out of Bulgaria, a nonprofit out of Bulgaria called and sent an email and said, hey, we want to include you in this exhibition. Wow. And so now, again, I just what like thirty days prior, um, I was just tinkering and trying to figure some stuff out and trying some stuff out. And they're like, "Hey, we were trying to put together a collection of artists um, of color to do this thing for protest mm-hmm. posters to go out in the world." I'm like, "All right, sure." Again, saying yes to opportunities. I'm following <laughs> yeah. up on this list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I said yes to that. I didn't know what company I was going to be in the in the in the midst of, and it's you know eleven other people that are internationally known letterers. And I'm like, right, <laughs> like I'm again. I feel like I'm just this design educator in Tennessee that has not put work out. So for it to go from yeah. me getting on my iPad and drawing out some letters to being asked by this international nonprofit to contribute a piece um, for protest posters to go out around the world to then being featured. Um, I forget what, who picked up somebody big picked up the story nice. <laughs> yeah. and ran it. Um, and then it went, you know, it, it just went further and further from there. Like I ended up being asked by the Biden by design uh, team to produce a poster for them. So again, not thinking about what this was going to do. I'm in an exhibition with like Paula Share and Debbie Millman. Like <laughs> again, I'm like how? <laughs> <laughs> but if if it was a physical gallery, I would be on the wall. With yeah, same you'd be people, you'd but... be cheersing them with a little glass of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and these are the folks that I read about in the magazines and print print magazine and totally. Design USA and AIGA Ion Design and the stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never in my wildest dreams would I be, or would I be able to say I was in an exhibition with those mm-hmm. with those two? Or I, that I bet. The, I mean, that to me is probably one of the best examples of just putting something out there with no no intention other than what you were doing for yourself and the 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 the, the real. And the, um, I don't know what the, the right word is, but that just that effect that it was that and it rang true with someone else just shows that it doesn't matter. Then it was the quality and the impact it made rather than the name. And I love seeing that more than ever right now because sometimes it, it might just be the name only that gets right. them in the door. And you did it with your work and you did it so like just what an what a interesting, great story of a passion project that turned into something just quite amazing, you know? I mean, intentionality and momentum cannot be, you know, talked about enough. Hmm. Like if you've got intentions at some point, things are going to turn in the direction that you want them to turn in. You can't say, well, uh, if I do this a couple of days, then it's going to happen. Yeah. No, nah, like you got to stay on the <laughs> treadmill in order to see the changes, you know, take shape. And yeah. I mean, even with the running, 
a former student of mine worked uh, as an intern for Swiftwick Socks, which is based in uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, uh, which is like a suburb of Nashville. And because I was posting my running every day, one of the creative directors, um, one of the creative directors for the stock Just company, stop, dude. You, puts this is out crazy. a call. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, put out, they put out a call and yeah. ask, uh, does anybody know anybody that runs? We're going to start doing photo shoots. Incredible. And next thing I know, like I'm on their website. Like you go yeah. on the website now, I'm on it, <laughs> on yeah. the mission page. Like, <laughs> But like that's how it happens though, right? Like it's, it's opportunity that, that comes from persistence. Right. Yeah, like, you're I right. feel like it's so often, you know, it's easy to chuck up this thing, you know, some of these letters, like you're just so naturally good at this, but it's like not, I think most people, there's always a level playing field. We all start, but the ones who really excel and do some like really inspiring, great stuff are doing because one, they're obsessively passionate. So they're not going to stop. And when you keep right. putting yourself out there and you keep doing it because you like doing it, that's how opportunities happen. That's like a lot of it is luck, but the less the luck is like driven from like, hey, I saw you you know, running, you're in this local area, let's build something out like that. That wouldn't have happened if you weren't doing it. Right. So like all right. those opportunities just come from this like consistency of just like, I'm upset. I, I like doing it. I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah. yeah. You, you hear know? so many people um, that have, have the drive to be noticed and for the attention component of yeah. social media in particular, right. If they're, if they're not feeling, um, if they're not getting, the attention that they expect or that they desire, then it the passion goes away. But that's not what kicked this mm -hmm. off. It were it, right. you've heard, you've heard about so many of those struggles, um, but it's so healthy, it's <laughs> so much healthier to not be as attentive. Is it a cherry on top? Sure, I would. I mean, who's not going to admit that? Like it's it feels good to be noticed with positive positive feedback. Through and right. through, but with that, I guess you're gonna. Get, I mean, you did this before. You're gonna get. You're gonna get all sorts of feedback, won't you? It's inevitably gonna happen in this yes, day and age. Um, but th but Jordan's so right. That's that's the most beautiful thing about this. And of other stories that we've heard at Adobe Max and otherwise, we just talked about Jonathan. What, what's his last name? Um, Nick. Oh, because, Adler. Yeah, Adler. Thank you. He had the failed successfully story. So many people do but he just kept going because the passion is what drove that yeah. so much and your story is very much in line it's so credible it's so reputable it truly is yeah i tell my son who's uh 16 that luck simply is when preparation meets opportunity boom Dude, like it there it is it's, yeah. yeah you you yeah, gotta have the back you gotta they, back are, it up are they when attentive of your following of your success with this do they um bring it up a fair amount do they brag about it with their community <laughs> is that a thing you mean my kids mm -hmm. uh they talk about it sometimes i mean it's i mean they're in, into video games and sports <laughs> and girly stuff so they're like hey dad <laughs> make it to my video game and then we'll talk <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different perspective too. And I think like, I think that what they're probably seeing is you extremely happy, extremely passionate, driven. And I, and the persistence thing is probably the number one thing I think anyone would get from this story, right? Because you didn't do it going like chug, 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 someone discover me. You did, you're, you were doing it for yourself. And then like we were saying luck or something crossed that path and you had something to back it up. You know, absolutely. And there's just so much uh, possibility for learning. Once yeah. you dig in, in that way, you learn so much about yourself and so much about your surroundings and how your surroundings are affecting you internally and externally. Yeah. I mean, the way I hold my hand is different. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I know I know the street or the, the streets in my neighborhood. I know where the cracks are. Hmm. Like if I ran it. And close my eyes, I would step over that crack or step over that crack, step over or hit that one, depending on yeah. <laughs> the mechanics of it. Um, and I, of course, like you learn how much time you want to put in if you, you know what it feels like to rush your work mm -hmm. <laughs> or to take time on your work. Like there's yeah. just so many things to notice and dig into that keeps that pendulum of learning swinging you know, back and forth. So it's like, oh, I've not made it. 
I'm so far from making it. I have so much further <laughs> to go that it's no reason to stop. When like all these things are so applicable, like especially if we're just funneling it through the focus of like creative work where, okay, I'm going to take up lettering. But even in that, you're right. Like, okay, your hands are going to get stronger in lettering. It's illustration based anyway, especially with these kind of compositions. So like you're probably illustrating a lot more than you have. You're, you're implementing yes. like color in a different way, probably. Right. And like you're exploring, yes. like it's not just lettering. It's like you're broadening yourself as a creative, as a designer, like these principles of how you're composing a shot or whatever that might be, or even just like, you know, creative thinking of like, how am I going to lay out these letters? Or like, what's the topic? Can I take something as, you know, simple as like the bow tie, wear a bow tie, like into a composition, right? Because that's what we do, right? We're taking information and visually making it interesting. So like, right. those skills, you take hand lettering, and it just broadens every touch point, I think, as a creative, right? Mentally, and just like your output. And like, that's the benefit of just broadening your creative horizons. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I told told you this nick when we initially talked but i never had a type class right <laughs> so in my stu- in my studio art um degree at tennessee state i didn't have a type class and when i went to the university of memphis it was uh primarily digital and ux ui web design i didn't have a type class there either and so this somehow you really, got by without that type class <laughs> I, I did I, it's like I when mean, a, a non-creative says i got by without the foreign language but, class <laughs> but, but, now, but nowadays aren't don't you feel like we're hearing this so much that the the university the college the um the youtube videos one the mm-hmm. um the Linda informational videos, one, the self-taught component of this and motivation to keep at it is a huge part of that too. Do we advise school? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. you're, you're, a, professor, you're a professor in your own yeah. right. So, but, but for, for sure, there's a way that's, there's, there's an affordable way now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've taken dives into Ellen Lipton's books and other typographers' books to to get a good sense of the anatomy and the composition of letters and, and structure and, and the use of the grid, you know, as far as type compositions go. Mm. Um, but now, like, now that I'm drawing letters, it's such, it's so much more of an intimate connection, right? With, oh, with wow. counters yeah. and bowls and, and, and hooks and spurs and ears and all that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's wonderful. It's probably one of the best ones for anyone that doesn't do hand lettering. I think to me that's the best one to add to the repertoire of what, especially if you're so digital. Um, to to like you said, it, it it's and to your point too, uh, Jordan. It opens up these other areas of your creative mind. To, to take what you learn and bring it into something that you might be working on for one of the clients, even if it involves no hand lettering at all, you're, you're thinking color different. You're thinking of composition, like all the things you said. And I love what that could bring to us as individual artists, you know? Yeah. 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 Big time. And, and even if like outside of like hand lettering, like even if you're just doing like, you know, lettering design on, on, you know, your vector program, like I'm an illustrator for me, you know, I do a lot of that nowadays mm-hmm. and it's changed. It's made me, my pen tool game has changed dramatically in the last like mm. 18 months. You know, I used it here yeah. and there for sure. But like, as soon as I started doing more lettering stuff, it's in it, my curvature is like, it, it's just changed everything. Like That's you so learn cool. these principles of how to use that. And you know, that opened up a lot more. It changed how I illustrate in vector. It changed a lot wow. just from like really wanting to like, you know, make fonts and like take my hand lettering into vector and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So I, I've only used exclusively my iPad. I mean, uh-huh. with a two with a two year old, I didn't really have to fuss or mess with a lot of a lot of pens or yeah. <laughs> or brushes or any of that thing. Make it yeah. simple, but baby. <laughs> once once the world opens back up and I'm not at home, I'll have this space and time to explore even more. Oh yeah, right? you're already I you're can, already in it. Yeah, like big brushes and or nibs. Like I've not, yeah. I've not tried any of that. So it's a totally different world that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But starting with the principles, right? Like getting those foundational things of like how do letters work, or like let's look at the anatomy of this letter and like what you can do and how things, you know, what is a counter, right? What's a yeah. what's a stem, you know? 
because uh, no yeah. one's born with that. You have to have no. that's a you've got to <laughs> learn those. And every great hand letter I've spoken to has told me the time they spent looking at the anatomy and those books, like you were saying, David, and looking back at those things and figuring out what are the options when you are ending the R, you know, and all these little things or whatever it is. And you're right. If you haven't challenged yourself to it, um, you're just going to take with what you get with a font and, and move on. How beautiful to have this now. And you could take all of this into the most digital, the most professional job you're working on. Right, because of what you've learned now from all this, like you said, you you got intimate with it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right? I love that you shared that, and mm-hmm. I it makes sense to me. Without being a typographist myself, it makes sense to me. Um, in fact, I know when you first embark. I mean, I started recently using XD, and I am working the panels in my sleep on a drive on on the elliptical. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm like, and, and which is a little bit. I know admitting that totally makes me a nerd, but I don't care. I know other people have this. I may just be the only one that speaks up about it. It's crazy how that obsession, that con- consumption of a new tool and a new mm. new way to create can kind of can kind of take over things. I mean, I was thinking about how you mentioned on your runs, you know where the cracks are, you know the landscape. And that regular routine enables you to process and think in a way that otherwise it would be too distracting, right? If you're having right. to channel roots on a trail while you're trying to get your brain going and let right. go. Right. Hmm. I get that. Now it's, it's weird. Like my question to you all, when was the last time you had a dream in color? Like when you think about this, like yeah. when's the last time you had a dream in color? Typically it's black and white and then it's over. But if you're a, if you're obsessively learning something, you're in the in the midst of learning something and it's mm-hmm. part of your subconscious, it it floods anytime you think about it. You yeah. can go to sleep and you be thinking about it. You wake up and you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you all I've say never that thought you, of it that way? Can you all say that you are aware of what is in grayscale and what's in color do you are you are you even attentive to that i don't think i am you guys i I don't think i know i don't think i've ever said whoa that was that was a black and white or that was grayscale i never or it lacked color i've never said that was i feel like sometimes i'm so aware of the dream fresh when you wake up you know i used to even write them down because i remember doing a, a dream a dream interpretation report years ago for some class and I loved that idea, but I can, I hundred percent would agree. It's, it's in full color. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I have no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. And that's, yeah. is that, is that better? <laughs> is that what you were saying? <laughs> Does that mean I'm How creative? How would you answer that, Jordan? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would probably align with Nick where like, I guess I haven't thought about that. Um, especially like for me, like if whatever I think about, as I sleep, I almost exclusively dream about. So, like, I can almost force a subject if, like, yeah. whatever I want to dream about. Like, for some reason, it's just really easy for me to, like, it just floods into my, you know, my REM cycles, my dreaming. So, but, like, in terms of color, like, I feel like it is in color. But also, you could convince me that it might not be. You know what I mean? Like, right. as right, soon sure. as I wake up, it fleets. Like, it's fleeting and it's, like, Same. it goes away. And I, yeah. I don't write down my dreams. Some, like, you know, big ones I might, like, leave some impression on me. But... You know, for me, it's usually it's usually yeah. like as soon as I'm in the shower, I'm like, "What the hell was that dream about?" And it's gone. You know. Have Have you yeah. guys ever realized too? Now, oh, you just opened Pandora's box with the dreams. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, what's to say it the the dream is there, ready for you to experience when you wake up, rather than actually happening in real time while you're sleeping? So a lot of times, I think it has to do with how you've woken up, what woke you up, what was the first thing. And what I usually do is I go, wait, how was I there? And then I I trail back. I try to, I'm working my dream now in reverse, like tracking my steps. And then I wonder, was that really in real time? Or is it just like, has it just been downloaded and now I'm experiencing it really for the first time? So I've always questioned that. I think that that that, uh, applies. I think I'm, I, my interpretation of it is far more emotional. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it, it's it tr- it's triggered based on insecurities yes. for me. Oftentimes, maybe um, an area where I felt a high because I had a, a success of some mm. sort of some 
that that provides a happy circumstance in a dream could be totally unrelated. Um, But that's interesting. I I do think it might be a combo of the two. Yeah, and I think it's never the same. It Mm. could be totally. It's such a diverse thing. Next on dream interpretations. (laughs) I mean, it gets it gets wild, man. Like uh, the the Jack Conti, who's the CEO of 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 Patreon, and, and his wife. Uh, Natalie Don have like they have a band called Pomplamoose and like they're a YouTube band they've been doing it since like day one on YouTube mm-hmm. but like they went through this whole thing of like they they train themselves to have lucid dreams so they could continue working yeah. in their sleep and so much so that they wrote an entire like album in their sleep so like he got up he knew he already had the songs to see like it, there's a great documentary you can watch it this is you know getting off track but it's so fascinating to like see the turmoil which is it's also like emotionally you know draining yeah. to, to do this sort of thing but they're like trying to crack that code of you know we we sleep eight hours a night that's so much time we could be dedicating to like something else <laughs> can you imagine I waking know. up in the morning and the project that's due that day was done yeah. <laughs> in your in your dream yeah like, i don't know if i'd send yeah. it off without checking it but like yeah i mean but like sometimes ideas like i'll wake crazy. up in the middle of the night and like i know i dreamt of an idea right and i'll like write it down and then I'll wake up in the morning, like sometimes oh. they're good, or sometimes like this is nonsensical. One of my favorite ones, <laughs> one of my favorite ones ever was I dr- I woke up. The dream was that I got to see graphic design in the future. I got to see like twenty years down the road, and there was and I had the the designs and the logos in my mind. And yeah, I even when awesome. I woke up, I was like, that was some stuff no one's ever seen before. I got a glimpse at what it's like and i couldn't and then it was like it faded and i could, yeah. and i was yeah. like it's like was someone playing yeah. tricks on me <laughs> yeah what's um what's norm for you dave do you do you oftentimes dream um design or well i've, I've definitely been dreaming letters or literally yeah. yeah. um <laughs> At the beginning be. of this whole at the beginning of this whole thing i was intimidated by script Mm, yeah, and sure. I started watching some. I started watching videos. I started reading some books. I looked at um, what's his name, uh, Ken Barber's book that came yeah. out and was just in Comart. So I, I bought it and came in, and I'm like, man, script like this is nuts. And so dig into the mechanics of it, get your your hands ready. And so now I'm not doing as much script just so that everything that I post is not script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. What was it last <laughs> month? Uh, or that I think it was the month of March. I did a um, a women's series. It was Women's History Month, and so I profiled um, black women that have done things that should be noted in history. And I lettered a quote of theirs to go with it. And every last one of them had some script in it. Yeah. And so it's all different. And each script has a level of they a level of emotion, and that and they emote differently. Than one another, and so Dude, it's it's, it's so just re- you I'm just really around. dig into the nuance. Oh, I love those. Those are of those how were these my things, how they yeah. speak. Because type, I think, is potentially one of the most expressive things in graphic design. Where like, yes, you yeah. can do a full blown illustration and paint the picture, but like, but the fact that you can boil something down to like provide an emotion by just the way the letters are formed, something yes. that simple, is incredibly like powerful. It's such a valuable yeah. tool. Where like expressive type. I think, you know, I mean, that to me is so valuable to like push yourself into that world and actually really obtain and u- utilize that as a creative. It's such a good tool in our toolbox, right? Uh, yeah. Because you can do so much with so little. And it's even also looking at these, yeah, these, these posts you're mentioning, like each one is so distinctly different and sets a different tone and a different message without even reading it, right? That's yeah. huge. Yeah. I always well, think of the thinking... script as it's, it's someone's signature. It's 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 a when you see a quote, it's typically italic or it's typically cursives in a what you know, like a little bit more. And I think that just goes to say it's coming from speech. It's coming from vocal to me. Yeah, and so you know, of course, like you pair image with type mm-hmm. or image with text. Like it's got a it's a marriage, mm-hmm. and that marriage is going to send a signal. Right. Like now that Bill and Melinda Gates are divorced, they're sending a signal. Mm, They were sending a signal before and now they're sending a signal separately. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the same with with whatever is paired with it in that imagery, in that uh, typographic combination. You want to make sure that it's right and that it it emotes in the way that you see fit. 
Yeah. What was the hardest it, letter for you to really conquer? <laughs> like, there are just, you know, like, S is unanimously just hard to vectorize. Oh, my God. But, yes, like, it's crazy. but everyone has that sort of, like, the favorite letter and the one that they just do not ever want yeah. to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, avoid, so much that to avoid it in your words. Like the Comic Sans font thing. <laughs> yeah, that's touchy. But <laughs> S's are difficult. But what was weird in learning the script is how to, how to, um, how to make an E. Yeah. So at first, you know, when you're learning, and we're, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we are of the generation that learned how to write in cursive in elementary school, right? Lines, baby. (laughs) My kids can't write in cursive, but they know how to read it because I write it. Yeah. If if I didn't write it, they probably wouldn't know how to read it. So of course, like when we, uh, when we initially learned how to draw the letter E, we would come from the bottom, make the loop, and leave out. Right. Yeah. So in script, you come up, you make a smaller loop and then go around. Mm-hmm. And it, like my mind was blown. <laughs> I'm like, this is how every time I look at script in the wild, that E just looks perfect. Yeah. And I've just been looping it around <laughs> and it's just like a blown out eye. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. that's right yeah you noticed the difference there and like your mind as a creator thinks differently as an observer yeah and then the lowercase r yeah oh like how it can come up you can have a crossbar and then come down or you can have a loop at the top and then Mm -hmm. come down yeah it's just amazing that r's can be a totally different every time you make them or e's can be (laughs) totally different every time you make them yeah yeah, that's great. And then fun like little things like ligatures or like how can you attach or connect some letters? Like like oftentimes like the cross of a T might be like the dot yeah. of an I or something like that. You know, like that's yeah. the stuff I really really enjoy with uh, hand lettering. Where yeah, it's, where, it's, where do you think this is all taking you now, Dave? I, like I think that the coolest thing that you could probably inspire people with, not only from the story and everything, and just seeing what a cool example you you set and trying to set these goals hitting them, sticking with them. But what what are you going to do next? Where does this take you? Man, um, <laughs> I guess I, I'll put this out in the public. Um, you, you, I think you explained to me what you're doing next. And I was like, this guy's never going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a design educator right now. And as of last week, I'm taking an educational leave of absence to go back to school. To, to investigate lettering and, and typography at Yale University School of Art. Isn't that amazing? Dude, that's Talk amazing. about the, just the cherry on top. Like this is to me like, would you have ever guessed you'd make that leap a year and a few months ago? Oh, not at all. I was looking forward to being tenured. Yep. And then <laughs> once I got tenured, I was going to take that minor increase in salary and go buy a home. <laughs> yeah. And then start investing in other stuff to get my kids ready because my son will be uh he's a rising junior, so get him ready to mm-hmm. getting getting him ready for college. And um, you know, getting my daughter through middle school into high school and yeah, just in going through the career. And you're moving. Yeah, we're moving from Nashville to New Haven, Connecticut. So my son and I will be graduating at the same time. Wow. <laughs> or at least in the same month. Dude, that's that, so cool. <laughs> talk about the, what a full circle moment on that. And then that, just that this drive and this opportunity of of extra time, what it turned into. Yeah, I never would have applied to Yale. I mean, <laughs> I never would have applied to a graduate Anything. school sure. with, yeah. you know, for another MFA, but not Yale. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and or what, to move... I was going to say, what do you hope that this is? What's the goal after that? Like now that you've, you're, you've made that and it's ready, it's coming ahead of you. Where, what can you do? What, what's the goal after? Like, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, as I'm, as I'm, yeah, I think it's continual. I don't, I don't, I want to still be in academia, right? Yeah. So I'm still going to teach and looking forward to teaching, but it's going to open the breath for professional opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, it's really resetting the outlook of my family and changing the trajectory of what they were thinking. 
Wow. Right. Yeah. I've I, my kids have grown up in Nashville, Tennessee. When I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah, our biggest thing was. It, once we got our driver's license, being able to go from one side of town to the next side of town. I mean, and being happy about that. Not what my kids will have the opportunity to do now is to go from one state to another state. Mm-hmm. I mean, 40, a 40 minute train ride, they're in Rhode Island or they're in New York or they're in New Boston. Jersey or they can go to Massachusetts. Yeah. So yeah, that outlook for them to, to touch a lot of things and see how other people live. At this critical time, you know, when they're developing their sensibilities and and what they feel like the world um, is giving back to them, you know, it will all be in this space of of still learning. Yeah. Academically, <laughs> academically, socially, <laughs> just yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Just everything. Wow. And every one of those was a pure benefit, not a hurdle, not a challenge. You just listed everything that would be that's good that's coming out of that you know and I, I, i'm you're human i know the move and all that stuff is like pure chaos but yeah. for you to just mention all the good things that are coming out of that yeah. just shows like such a um not only is it the best move probably for you but just that you're doing it and i think what a what a result of what you've done over the last year yeah it's the, very the cool. power of like I'm interested in lettering or like I want to set a couple small goals for myself because I have two hours. The power of mm-hmm. finding two hours. Look at the opportunity that you made from finding two hours. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Unreal. <Exactly>. Like, whoa. <laughs> Man. And changing it up for everybody. Yeah. 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 You, you, you're definitely going to have to come back and tell us the progress report of after that and everything um, and what, what had happened because it's such a, a wonderful story to just keep track of because i don't see you stopping and i think hopefully too with folks hearing this i know for sure too like i keep thinking the same thing it's like what else can you do that's a betterment rather than Mm -hmm. another layer of something that's just going to clog you down what's the thing that's going to like so in in the last minutes or two here what what how do you tell someone who doesn't know how to take that first leap to trying something like this making some different improving themselves other than just the, the physical work, how do you get them to even make them the first move? Well, the reality is this. Who you are today is not who you should be tomorrow. Mm. And what you're doing today is going to prepare you for tomorrow. My kids being taught remotely for a year and them not seeing their friends for a year has made them comfortable making this move from Nashville to Ooh. Connecticut. Right. So mm. they're prepared mentally to talk to their friends over a video game or through text message or through FaceTime or through the apps. Um, and then the same for me, like as far as keeping up with my friends and colleagues and clients, I can go to another, another uh, space or another uh, city and still be in touch. And so putting time to the side to invest in yourself, to figure out who you are is the biggest investment that you can make. And if there's if there's an inkling of interest, take the direction. <laughs> Just take the direction and see and see where it goes. No and I'm hearing my dad's <laughs> words when I listen to you. I know. Speak. <laughs> I am. I am. And and it, and it's made me wonder if part of what you embody and what you share. As values to others, including your own family, um, is is a huge is a huge applaud to a family member of yours, a close a close relationship that you've maintained throughout your personal life to have this outlook altogether. I mean, because you, it's no doubt after meeting you today and listening to you speak that you are. A professor. I mean, you, you, you're it's of encouraging words, right? That that rhetoric comes so easy for you. Would you? Do you think of somebody immediately when I ask that question? A family member or a close individual that has that you that has inspired you to see the world in this fashion? 
Yeah, one of my um, my undergraduate professors, and uh, my children affectionately call him Uncle Herman. Oh, <laughs> but it was uh, <laughs> Dr. Herman Beasley. He was a, a, a photography professor. And when I graduated, actually, before I graduated, I went on a study abroad trip with him to Bermuda. So while we were there, he had it set up to where we were doing work with the tourism department of, of the island. And so we created some videos and some... Um, some marketing collateral for the island. I mean, granted, it wasn't that great, but nonetheless, it was practicing talking to people and and getting out there. Um, But after we returned and I graduated from school, he was a member of a black scuba diving club and a black ski club. And he took me on my first skiing trip out to uh, Colorado. We skied at uh, Copper Mountain. And after that, like, you know, the, the biggest fears are height and water, right, for for us walking on land. Mm-hmm. Well, height, of course, you're in the mountains. Like, I was accustomed to swimming and that kind of thing, but seeing a different side of life and different possibilities and seeing people enjoy life in those ways that are atypical of folks in the South and atypical of folks of my culture, <laughs> um, it was completely eye-opening. So after that trip to um, to Copper Mountain, we also tra- we traveled abroad to other places, the Caribbean islands, been to Europe. I've been to um, South America. I've also gone to Asia. And now I'm doing the same thing with my kids. So I'm taking them abroad and making sure that they're saying things. Nice. And yeah, I mean, his influence, I mean, he was a, um, wow. he retired from Tennessee State University. I want to say he was 76. And he, no, he was 70. And I think he's like late seventies now. So he had a great career and I saw how having a, a professorial life benefits a lot of us that have them, mm-hmm. right? We have we have uh, the spring semester, we've got the fall semester, we've got winters off, we've got summers off for reinvestment and, and recharging and uh, recollection of the things that we needed to remember, you know, in order to teach the next generation. And so it always, it always struck me as a selfless thing for him to invest in me, but also a selfish thing for him to invest in me in the sense that he's up on what's current, Mm. just Uh as I I need to be up on what's going to be next for me or what outlook I can It's a give it. Yeah. It's a give and take. Yeah. 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 So, I love that yeah, question. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, that's something you can almost ask anybody in our field on, cause you, you saw enough there to go like, where does that come from? Right. Like in every, we all have our influences. That's so cool, dude. I love that you, you, you pulled a professor out of the bag over that one. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. But my parents, my, I mean, my mom is a uh, was a, a school administrator. My dad was a professor as well. But my my father passed away early. So what I mean early, he died when I was like twenty four. But he had a stroke when I was sixteen and wasn't able to talk. So as far as like that male voice and all that good stuff that yeah. you would want, but in your formative years, I didn't have that. But I went and found it. Yeah. So within the relationships. You know, it's been very integral, one, to be optimistic, right? (laughs) Because I absolutely could have a different view of of the world and life. Um, But to always, you know, push for more and see, you know, what the possibilities are. And so it just it was fortunate that this professor and I bonded. Um, That wasn't the intention. Mm hmm. Um, but I definitely would have seen a lot of the similarities, you know, through my father too, who was a professor. Makes sense. Having that yeah. role in your in your yeah. life altogether. Yeah. Um, and that that nuance of the give and take. You mentioned selfish and selflessness of mm-hmm. that relationship and what you obtained from one another. My dad yeah. always says that his his mantra is to be interesting and to be interested and that's that two-way bridge right yeah Yeah. you want people to hear you and you want to be heard all the same yeah there's a balance in everything as a whole (laughs) yeah yeah because that's one of the that's one of the bigger things as designers right we go into these meetings we're talking to these people but they never hear us and you're like i just 
told you what the research said. I told you what I dug into. I talked to these people, but you still have an opinion that is unqualified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, just hear, hear me out, right? Yeah, it's the whole active listening. Lots of people here. That's the totally that's the gro- the ever growing thing we 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 have to learn better and better every time. I, I know every time I pitch or every time I do, I'm still going like that was great, and then then. Two days later, like I could have done so much better. Uh-huh. Well, that's I didn't good ex- though. That's I good. didn't explain or like you said. Like I love how you said it. It's like you you're talking. I gave you all this data, but your opinion is not valid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't say it that abruptly next time, but I love that that perspective because <laughs> no, I get you're what right. you're saying though. Yeah, it's so true. Well, this has been so cool, dude. I, I'm first. Thanks for joining us because like. I yeah. really just love these stories of like being able to share this with our with our 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 family here at the podcast. And everything where where can people find you uh, online? Go ahead and drop whatever you want to do and uh, where they where they can check your workout, find you, you name it. All right, so hilariously, my website crashed. Uh, oh, really? PHP, <laughs> uh, the PHP was too old, so I had to revamp it and I put a couple projects on there, but it's uh, realistic dot com and that's R H E A L I S T I C dot com. Nice. My Instagram is David John Walker and it's David J O N uh, Walker. And then my Twitter is David underscore John. Perfect. Awesome, man. Check him out for sure. You'll see everything we were talking about <laughs> again. Thanks again, David. So good to have you on here, man. So Thanks wonderful. for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. This has been one of the uh, most motivational conversations I've ever yeah. had. This is fun. Yeah. Inspiring. And, and we need a we need a progress report in a in a, in a year or two, man. <laughs> All right, man. My progress. <laughs> and so, yeah, we can talk at the midpoint and at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, man. Good luck. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. so much.